G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As you know, there was a significant development in Victoria late last week when it comes to this issue of euthanasia. And since the bill that was presented to the Victorian Parliament in the lower house was voted 47 to 37 to support what's called the Voluntary Assisted Dying Bill 2017, it now goes to the upper house of the Victorian Parliament and it's likely that it'll be voted on in November. Bill Muhlenberg, of course, who has written extensively about euthanasia, joining us to talk about what's happening in this Uh, interim period between a lower house vote and what might be anticipated in the upper house. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Uh, Bill, you've been writing about euthanasia and uh, there's been a number of efforts to get euthanasia bills crossed in various parliaments like South Australia and Tasmania of recent times. It didn't, didn't really surprise you, did it, that the lower house passed the euthanasia bill on Friday? No, it's sadly being pushed all over, much like the uh, homosexual marriage debate. The other side never eats, never sleeps. (laughs) They keep pushing their agenda. So, yeah, currently New South Wales is pushing it. WA is having an inquiry into it as we speak. And Victoria is now, well, another step further to uh, uh, legalizing this kill bill, which is a very scary bill indeed. And you were thinking that it was a bit of a, a a soft time to put this sort of bill because with the people focused on the homosexual marriage plebiscite, uh, it was though uh, it was rushed through at a time when there was somewhat of distraction. Oh, look, that's exactly what the, the Dan Andrews Labor government here in Victoria did. They knew everybody was focused on the marriage issue, so they thought they could just sneak it through, uh, you know, while nobody's paying attention. So... Uh, sadly, they did get it in the lower house, but numbers should be tighter in the upper house. And either end of October, very early November, that vote will be taken. So, of course, now we have to all madly lobby, contact our MPs, you know, do all we can to speak some sense into this issue and let people know that uh, despite the claims of Dan Andrews, who's saying this is a, it's going to be the world's safest euthanasia bill well (laughs) there is no such thing as a safe kill bill when you kill people it's never safe certainly not for them and we've seen already countries all over the world that have legalized euthanasia and we know exactly what happens the slippery slope is alive and well all the supposed safeguards never in fact happen and everybody is uh, well it becomes fair game for everybody not just the elderly and the infirm but, uh, well, young people, teenagers, uh, we're seeing everybody being put down. So this is dangerous stuff, and we certainly have a, a job on our hands to fight this like mad. Well, Bill, palliative care is the alternative, and what people are expecting to work well in our 
hospital systems. Uh, is there a lacking in the way that palliative care, geriatric care is in fact being undertaken in Australia? Do you monitor those yeah, sorts of things? Yeah. Well, look, there tends to be a inverse relationship both here and overseas whenever you put all your emphasis on legalized euthanasia or then you don't get the resources into palliative care we see that in holland we see that in belgium and so many other places uh you know you think if well we can just bump people off we can uh you know um free up hospital beds save money why worry about putting extra expense time and effort into uh, keeping patients comfortable and looked after. So uh, there is a real diminution of palliative care whenever jurisdictions push for euthanasia, but that's exactly what we should be doing. We should be emphasizing palliative care, looking after those who can't look after themselves. It's always a funny kind of compassion when to uh, deal with suffering, you kill the sufferer. (laughs) You know, it's a misplaced compassion. And it just results in uh, dead people. So kill bills are a fundamental violation of the principle of do no harm that goes back for millennia. So, yeah, we should be looking at palliative care. But sadly, some of these governments have uh, no concern about it whatsoever. Bill, what sort of effect have you noticed in all of the research you've done and in the writing of your book uh, about families and the response, the way that families change uh, when there is uh, legislation that allows euthanasia? Well, look, we're all human beings. We're all fallen and frail human beings. So we see clearly uh, from the overseas evidence that uh, when legalized euthanasia comes in place, well, sadly, even family members can put pressure on loved ones to, uh, well, kind of get out of the way to, you know, whether there's a will waiting to be uh, uh, dealt with by remaining family members, whether, you know, they, well, the common claim, I can't stand to see her suffering. Well, it's more a question of your own subjective experience than the person in question. So sadly, we see often where family members will actually uh, work with doctors and others to effectively more speedily bump off a family member. It's a, it's a very dangerous and subtle thing, and, um, you know, you'd think your your family is the safest place to be in, but we have case after case, and I document many in my recent book on euthanasia, that, uh, you know, this can be a real danger indeed. So uh, that's a good reason to say no. And, Bill, when abortion became very popular, and we're talking some decades ago now, an industry began to develop, and there became those who were specialised in their abortionist uh, skill. Is it likely that the sorts of things that we've seen with abortion and the creation of an abortion industry are likely to come to uh, the idea of a euthanasia industry? Yeah, well, absolutely. We already see it. We see it where it's legalized. We see it even here in Australia where it's not yet legalized. We keep getting these kind of shocking uh, headlines about doctors who are already bumping off patients, sometimes not even with their own permission. So like anything, you can get an industry that uh, springs up. Sometimes you make money. Certainly you get that in the abortion industry, but For any number of reasons, there's people with vested interests in bringing some of these things about. So um, it's not all, you know, peer motivation, benign, kindly people who are concerned about suffering. 
There's all kinds of ulterior motives. There's all sorts of agendas at play here. So, again, when you're dealing with issues of life and death, you don't want to give people, whether doctors, nurses, or others, this power of life and death. That's just something we shouldn't be granting. We shouldn't be legalizing it, and we shouldn't be sending out the wrong message that goes with it. Bill, I note the AMA believes that doctors shouldn't be involved in interventions. They've been against euthanasia because if you change the philosophy under which doctors work of saving lives, uh, then how can you trust your local doctor, I imagine? Uh, What are your thoughts on doctors? Well, absolutely. I mean, the whole idea is the the relationship of trust that should be there between patient and doctor is utterly destroyed, right? You don't know if you're going to go in to get a cure or help or therapy or if he might bump you off once you legalize euthanasia. So this really does become a scary proposition indeed. Doctors are meant to be helping people. Again, do no harm. That's the Hippocratic Oath. But when I lived in Holland already, the first country to legalize euthanasia, there were many cases of elderly people moving out of Holland. Why? Because they were afraid of being bumped off against their will. So they were fleeing to Belgium or Germany. Of course, now Belgium has legalized it as well. So uh, people vote with their feet if they're afraid of what's happening. And in this case, where they can no longer trust their own doctor, who might be an angel of mercy or an angel of death, well... It changes the whole face of medicine, and it's a direction we don't want to go in. Well, Bill, we mentioned the voluntary assisted dying bill has passed through the lower house late last week. It's on its way to the upper house, likely to be voted in November. Any feelings or predictions about how things might go in Victoria in the upper house? Yeah, well, it will be, as mentioned, uh, uh, it should be a closer vote this time uh, with a lot of work, a lot of prayer, and it's got to be both. Uh, We still could win. We still could defeat it. I mean, we've had some interesting developments. First of all, the uh, Victorian Labour Deputy Premier has opposed Dan Andrews on this. He's come out against it. He says we shouldn't go down the path of euthanasia. Former Prime Minister Paul Keating has come out and said this. And now, just today, uh, former Prime Minister Kevin Rudd has also said, uh, contrary to his Labour colleagues, we don't want to legalize euthanasia. It's way too dangerous. So between some of these heavyweights coming out, and of course people like Tony Abbott as well, uh, look, it's going to be tough. Uh, In Victoria, people need to be working like mad, contacting their MPs, praying like mad. And by God's grace, we hopefully can defeat it. So we've got former Prime Ministers sounding the alarm bells. It'd be interesting to see how those upper house MPs in Victoria respond uh, to the sort of pressure that will be coming. Bill Muhlenberg, let me point people to a book that you wrote, as you mentioned recently. It's called The Challenge of Euthanasia. People can get that when they go on to your website at billmuhlenberg.com. Simply Google Culture Watch as well. But Bill, thanks so much for an update today on this issue. Uh, Thanks for being with us on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.